morning, good afternoon to all of you out there. This is episode eight of the Tokyo's podcast. My name is Tom Murphy. I'll be hosting tonight and I'm joined tonight by Mr. Alex Van Arnhold. How are you, Al? Uh, very good. Very good as always. Um, big day on the couch. Um, lucky enough to not have to work today. So as much sport as I wanted to watch um, and was able to crack open the beers a bit earlier than have been the last few days as well. So might be a bit more entertaining for our listeners tonight in that respect as well. How early is early, Al? Oh, well, my mum took off to walk the dogs about 2.30, so it was a prime opportunity for the old man and myself to knock the top of one then. So we've been going for about nine hours now. Uh, but as always, drinking responsibly, gambling, gambling responsibly, so should be uh, right up to the task tonight to keep our viewers up to date with what's been happening in the Olympics. And alongside Al tonight is Mr. Ollie Lemkin. How are you, Ollie? I understand you had another big day on the couch watching sport. Yeah, that's right, mate. It was a cracking winter day in Sydney, 24 degrees, beautiful, clear skies. It's a real shame that we weren't allowed out of the house, but not really because it was every excuse we needed to sit down and watch all the Olympic action that was on uh, Channel 7, which was great. Absolutely. And we had a, uh, another great day particularly in the pool for the Aussie team um, with, you know, Kaylee McEwen and the C-Bomb taking first and third in the 200 backstroke. We had a, a bronze in the mixed medley. The tit had a silver and we had a bit of a, um, we had another bronze with um, Piers and Vardy in the doubles tennis. That was by default. We'll obviously discuss that a little bit later on. Um, but before we get into the guts of it, we'll um, go to our opening question. It's actually uh, sent in from one of our most loyal listeners, uh, young Jack Williams, and he asked, if the Olympics were to be held in Australia in a non-capital city, where would you choose? What do you think, Ol? Well, firstly, I'd just like to give a big shout-out to Jack. He um, actually dropped me around an apple crumble this afternoon that's, that I've tucked into tonight, and it was absolutely delightful. So cheers to that, Jack. Um, but I've gone for what is widely regarded as the Australian sporting capital, Wagga Wagga, town close to my heart. I think it. Um, they put on a cracking Olympic Games. I mean, the infrastructure might not be there, but that's um, that's not a real problem for that town because uh, they've, they have they've got all the sporting talent and and you know they follow everything. So there's I think there's four rugby clubs, three uh, rugby league clubs, and there's about fifteen AFL clubs down there. So they've got enough support behind sport to make it work. Al, what about yourself? Yeah, I've got a, a similar aspect there, not sort of where I'm from, but where I've spent a lot of time over the years up in uh, glorious Coffs Harbour. Uh, they reckon it's got the best um, temperature in Australia year round. So whether you need to have the Olympics in the middle of winter there, it uh, doesn't matter because you'd be able to host the, uh, the outdoor sports, the indoor sports, no matter what. They've got a, um, a ready-made Olympic stadium. I need to put a few more decks on the main grandstand and extend it around, but it's ready to go. And they've got plenty of beaches for the surfing, plenty of skate parks for the BMX freestyle, our new favorite event. And uh, our other new favorite event, the uh, canoe slalom. They've just got the, the mount, the great dividing range with plenty of waterfalls along waterfall way, about 30 Ks inland. So that's ready to go as well. Uh, plus I'd love to see the athletes out at the Hoi Maui after completing their events or maybe even, Sneaking over to my territory at this hotel hotel. That's a 
that's a place I know you love, Tommy, the Sawtell Hotel. I've taken you there. What's your uh, what's your non-capital city that would you'd like to see host the Olympics in Australia? Yeah, well, I sort of I've gone a similar tack to you, blokes. Another coastal uh, city uh, in far north Queensland. I've gone with Cairns now. Uh, obviously, you know, one of your points out was the weather, and it's great weather up there in Cairns, albeit a little bit muggy. Um, but you know, great crop tropical conditions. Uh, the landscape would suit many of the um, many of the competitions, uh, and I'd love to actually see. The opening and closing ceremonies held at Gilligan's, the uh, famous hostel there, uh, where many many a bucks party has been held. I just think it would be one of the most fun uh, Olympics ever held. Again, that the infrastructure may be lacking a touch, but nothing that a couple of billion from the federal government can't fix. Yeah, it'd be a great way to put cans on the map around the world. I mean, it's famous among tourists that come to Australia and among Australians itself for its great nightlife and its uh, native native uh, wildlife such as the crocs. Um, it'd have to be held in the middle of winter, otherwise you'd also be tackling the Irukandji. And by that, I'm not talking about the Australian surfing team, I'm talking about the deadly jellyfish, but um, I'm a big, big fan of both of your um, suggestions, boys. And um, Perhaps not in our lifetime, but who knows what's going to happen with the population and the development of uh, some of the regional cities in Australia in the future. And it, it might be a possibility one day down the line. Yeah, let's hope so. Anyway, right, let's jump into the to the review of Saturday's events. This morning we had the golf. That was round three. So Cam Smith sits five shots off the pace at nine under after a great, a great round of uh, five under par. Um, and unfortunately, Mark Leishman is out of the race after hitting one over to sit even. Um, so Xander Shoffley leads at 14 under. He's obviously a proven performer on the PGA Tour, but seems to be anyone's game. I had a quick look. I didn't get to catch much of the golf today, but I had a quick look at the leaderboard this afternoon, and there were some, some big names hovering around the top. You know, your Rory McIlroy's, obviously Cam Smith there's not out of contention. Um, so it's going to be a very, very good day tomorrow. Um, so make sure you tune into that. Then we had the, uh, the mixed team relay in the triathlon. And that was actually, you know, I managed to catch 20 minutes or so of that. And that was a, quite a spectacle, actually. As, as Al explained last night or on last episode, it was, um, it's a bit more of a sprint. Uh, it's condensed form for each individual. So it's ideally not as grueling. Um, but it'd be still tough nonetheless. And Australia finished ninth in that. Um, and the, the Brits uh, managed to win it. They're obviously a very strong triathlon nation. And um, they proved that there with a 14 second win over the US and, and the French came in third. It was quite a disappointing result for the Aussies who were actually expected to do better in that. But let's hope um, they get, the, get it right for the next Olympics in Paris. Um, then we had the equestrian. Um, that was the team uh, eventing, I believe. And Andrew Hoy finished the best of the Aussies on day three in 13th. So there's still a couple more sessions to go in that. Let's hope he can continue to climb up the board. Uh, then at 10 o'clock, we had the, the start of the day session for the athletics. Um, we had the women's 400 meter hurdles round one. So Sarah Carley was our Australian representative. She ran fifth in her heat. Uh, and unfortunately will not progress through to the semis. Um, this was a season best time for her. Uh, so, you know, great result nonetheless. 
Then we had the women's discus qualifications. Uh, that was a disappointing result for us with Danny Stevens, who finished 14th in her group and will not progress to the finals. Uh, talking about world records, as we've done over the, the past few episodes, um, just to put the current women's discus world record into perspective, the world record was set in 1988 uh, by an East German, I believe, at 76.8 metres. And the best throw today was 66.42. So 10 metres in that gap. Uh, so if someone can explain how we've managed to regress uh, so much in that event in the last 30 years, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Apparently, a piece was like roundup when it hit the cross. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, this seems to be quite the common theme between the uh, these long-standing world records and uh, the communist countries. And now we've got the communist countries coming out of nowhere and uh, dominating events that they were in uh, no position to before, um, according to the experts. So I think that's all we need to say that. The, the communist piss is very hot. And, yeah. Well, actually, uh, I, read about, I read about the um, the East Germans, and a lot of them are kind of they were all done for doping, but they because they didn't test positive at the time of the Olympics, they can't actually retrospectively strip their medal. So it's kind of an awkward one. I mean, quite clearly there's an asterisk there, but it's just a bit unfair that the the world record is probably going to be out of reach for maybe forever. Uh, anyway, we had the um, we also had the men's pole vault qualification. So our Curtis Marshall was our representative there. He cleared the required five seventy five to progress through the final. Then we had the men's eight hundred meters. Uh, that was the first round, and we had Peter Bowl, Charlie Hunter, and Jeff Risley. Um, now all three lads progressed through the semis, which is an outstanding result. Um, you know, particularly highlighted by the fact that Peter Boll set a new Australian record in a minute 44.13 from your Pete. Um, and then they had the women's 100 metre hurdles. Uh, Liz Clay, uh, one of our, Liz Clay was our representative. Now, one of our friends, um, friend of the show, Nick Pruga, he was actually watching this one closely. Uh, he's, he's a big hurdles man for whatever reason. He's, really developed a, um, a repository of knowledge on this particular event. And he said that he, uh, so he saw Clay finish second in her heat uh, and that he thinks that she's genuinely got it to progress through to the finals. Now, I don't know what that's grounded on, whether it's a technique analysis, uh, whether he knows her personally, I'm not sure, um, but I take, I will take his word for it and I'm backing Liz to go to the final. Uh, then we had the archery at 10.30. Um, we had Taylor Worth competing in the round of 16 for the men. Um, unfortunately, Taylor went down to his Turkish opponent, uh, who I then believe went on to win the gold medal. Well, he did win the gold medal. I watched that. He was up against an Italian. And if anyone's been following the show, we have been talking about the prowess of the Koreans in archery, and they they actually you know didn't manage to win the men's individual. So that was the only... Uh, archery medal on offer that they did not win. Uh, then we moved to the skate park where the BMX freestyle is on. We had the men's and women's heats. Um, we had in the men's we had Logan Martin who qualified in first place, looked unbelievable, um, and he'll compete in the medal round tomorrow at midday. And as far as I understand, it's similar to the slalom, uh, the canoeing 
the the highest qualifier goes last in the um in the medal round so he'll be able to view watch all his competitors see how they go and then decide what tricks he's going to pull out of the bag um then we had natalia deem who finished fifth in her seating so putting her sort of midway in the field and she'll um also be competing in the final which is on tomorrow before the men so that's at 10 past 11 and i think the blokes are on at 10 past 12. now lemo you'll You'll be looking at the pool tomorrow. What have we got on offer? Sorry, the pool today, Tommy, the second last day of competing. Um, and it was an absolute outstanding day for the Aussies. It's been a real, um, oh, it's been a wonderful week, but it's the seventh day in a row we've actually won a medal in the pool, um, which is, uh, you know, kept all us based in New South Wales or Sydney in particular in, uh, you know, from going crazy because you got that 11 o'clock conference with Gladys, which is always bad news. 11.30, the swimming kicks off and we tend to get some good news. So who knows what's going to happen this week. Anyway, we'll move on to swimming. Uh, Matty Temple kicked us off. He um, finished fifth in the final of the 100 metres butterfly. Caleb Dressel was far too good. He broke the world record, further asserting his dominance as a true alpha of the pool in Tokyo. Um, the women's 800 metre freestyle, Tit versus Ledeck, take three for the individual race. Um, take four. Or all up, including the relay. What a race it was. Kathleen led from the early stage of the race, and that's how it remained. Arnie made a massive push in the last oh, closing 100 metres or so. However, was unable to close the gap. Um, and you've got to say, lads, we've, we've, we've talked up the tit all week um, and probably haven't given Ledecky the credit she deserves. She is an absolute superstar. Probably the best female swimmer we've ever seen. Would you go that far, Al? Uh, so far, yes, but we've also only seen the tit at one Olympics. We've seen Ledeck at three. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see the tit expand her range or um, switch to another stroke. Or um, she could the tit's that good. She could probably even go to the triathlon and win a medal there. She's just got the <laughs> she's better better than Ledeck in terms of the uh, the short stuff, but. Uh, whether she whether she goes back to the 100 meters and and can add a couple of more strings to her bow there with the uh, the relays as well as the 100 or whether she focuses on the the uh, the bigger distance stuff like the 800 now the 1500 I wouldn't be surprised if this was Ledeck's last Olympics as well um, but yeah it's the world is tits oyster is is my opinion so whether she goes to the triathlon as well or she I'd love to see her shooting the trap. Um, but she's that good. Uh, I think she could do anything. How about yourself, Tom? Yeah, I, I think um, for sure. I think at the moment, Katie Ledecky, definitely the best female swimmer we've seen. I think particularly the range of events that she's uh, been able to win at from all the way from two through to 15. I don't know if we'll see that again. Uh, and she's only 24, so... I think we'll see her in Paris in three years' time, and I, I dare say she'll be arguably as dominant, particularly uh, in those longer events like the eight and the 15. Um, but, yeah, then, Ollie, what do we have? What else do we have? We have the uh, 200 backstroke final. Right, yeah, the 200 backstroke, probably the highlight of the day for the Aussies. Uh, we got one and three. McEw uh, Kaylee McEwen, the F-bomb, as we like to call it on this show, adding another gold to the ever-growing trophy cabinet and truly continuing to capture the minds of the nation 
it was touching to see her um, win this with her um, inspiration, Emily Seabom coming third. So they got to share the um, the podium and sing the anthem together. And the Seabom uh, gave the F-bomb her um, gold medal, which was awesome to see. Then we had the uh, mixed medley relay. I'm not sure if we knew exactly what to expect here. It was particularly interesting trying to uh, work out the tactics each team would implement and trying to and see which formula they try and perfect. Um, the Aussies came away with the bronze, which was a great result. I thought the uh, the Poms were too good. Um, Adam Peaty proving himself as the biggest flog on the uh, swimming circuit, followed up by uh, James Guy, I believe his name was. Was it James Guy? Someone Guy. He was an absolute wanker as well, carrying on like a pork chop after they'd won. Um, but the, the the interesting one I found was uh, Caleb Dressel swimming against all the uh, women in the uh, last leg of the freestyle, uh, absolutely dropping the hammer down. And it looked like, I think, Tom, you mentioned, looked like he had an outboard motor on. That's how quick he was going and mowing him down. Yeah, I just, I don't know, it was tough. It was just... Yeah, obviously, we're just not used to seeing it, particularly in those sprint uh, sprint events where sort of all the men are big, big guys. Like he just looked, it just looked like a man against boys out there. Yeah, exactly. And um, but uh, the real story was Emma McKeon for the Aussies. Uh, she claimed her ninth medal, equaling that of Ian Thorpe and Elisa Jones. Um, and she actually backed up this race six just six minutes after. She'd swum the 50-meter freestyle semi-final, which she qualified fastest for, of course, because she's an absolute gun. And she went straight from the pool there to the uh, diving pool just to sort of warm down and swim a few laps. Got straight out of the diving pool, walked straight back into the marshalling area, out for the mixed medley relay in a towel, and um, brought it home in a fantastic leg for the Aussies to um, lock up the bronze. She, of course, swim, has two more events tomorrow. Um, so she's got the chance to pass Thorpey and Liesl Jones um, as she se- she, she'll she seek to win another gold in the 50 metres free. Um, and the Aussies, a big chance in the 4 by 100 medley relay, which we'll touch on later. Tommy? Yeah, well, we stay in the pool. We stayed in the pool after that. And uh, we had Australia versus Spain in the water polo. Unfortunately, our boys went down 16-5. So they're now out of the tournament, but have another game versus Kazakhstan uh, to salvage some pride. Uh, Now, hopefully the Kazakhs don't show up in their mankinis, uh, which could upset the uh, the Sharks boys. Uh, After that, we had the hockey. We had our girls up against Argentina. In a, and they had a 2-0 win, uh, topping their group. Uh, and we're still unsure who they'll play in the quarterfinals. Then we went to the shooting at 1 o'clock. So we had the women's 50-metre rifle three positions. Katrina Kaplis finished 36. So she will not be progressing to the finals. Um, then we had the sailing. So Lemo, we had a few races on today. How did you see them go down? Yeah, mate. Uh, another big day for the sailing. Um, we had uh, Jake Lilly kicking off in the men's 49er. He finished 10th overall. Oh, sorry, he sits 10th overall after finishing 5th and 6th, 15th and 6th today. Race 9 and 10 to come tomorrow. Uh, the mixed NACRA, Jason Waterhouse and Lisa Daman moved up to 4th today after finishing 5th and 4th respectively. 
They're three points out of the medals, so definitely with well in the hunt. The women's 49er FX, Mia Sherwood and Monique DeVries finished 18th and 19th. They've dropped to 15th, so that's probably the end of it for them in terms of reaching the medals. Um, Will Ryan and Matty Belcher, they're still absolutely killing it. So they're fourth and third today. Move them well clear in the lead with four races remaining. So six, six down, four to go. Will Ryan and Matty Belcher are the ones to watch in the sailing, except for tomorrow at 3.33. Everyone clear their schedules because we've got Matty Wern racing in his medal race. Um, and he is he just has to finish to win the gold. Um, so that's definitely one that we want to watch because we've been talking about him and how good he is for a long time here. Al, you got a comment on that one? Yeah, and I can't wait to see Channel 7 jump on the bandwagon there after uh, not featuring any of his footage yesterday when he's all but secured the gold. So uh, looking forward to them um, doing everything they can to effectively suck him off um, after <laughs> completely ignoring him yesterday and claiming that, oh, it's the host footage... Uh, Determining what the sailing, what sailing coverage we get, uh, I feel like after winning the the men's laser at at London and Rio, we're backing up, um, going for three in a row. That should have been pretty high on their their list of priorities. So that's about all I've got to say there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's probably important to note here that here on the Tokyo podcast, we were well ahead of the curve in 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 um, identifying Matty Werns. Um, potential um, and noting that he was a great gold medal chance. So if only the fools over in Channel 7 could um, could have some of our uh, insight. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, because I know it's, we're, we're quite um, passionate about it and there's no need for such vitriol late at night. Uh, we have the men's trampoline. So we had Dominic Clark. Uh, it was the, he made the final, which I believe was the first time an Aussie's ever made the trampoline final. Um, and unfortunately, he uh, made an error in um, his last routine, uh, which put him out of contention, but a great achievement nonetheless. Um, then we had a big game tonight with basketball boys. Uh, Aaron Baines, obviously an omission from the squad after hurting himself in the previous game against Italy. Uh, so he was a big loss. But Al, how did you see that against Germany, uh, adjusting to life after Baines? Yeah, it was an, a bit of another slow start tonight for the boys. We definitely missed Big Bainsy up there. The, the Germans uh, dominated us on the glass. I think it was 44 rebounds to 28. But uh, we ended up cruising through again. We had a big win, 89-76, which is very important because uh, the way that the quarterfinals work in the basketball is the top four versus the bottom four is, is all about the seeding of the teams in terms of their for and against. So finishing that one tonight means we should finish in third place uh, or second place, provided the Slovenians don't win by too many again tonight. So should mean what we avoid the Yanks. But tonight, once again, we're led by great man, Paddy Mills, 24 points. And then uh, Nick Kay and Jock Landale, uh, they put up some big points once again, but they probably need to improve on their work in, um, in the rebounding aspect if we're going to go all the way. Uh, which we fully expect them to do, the great boys at the Boomers. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like we've avoided the Yanks, but our, our quarterfinal opponent is yet to be determined. Um, and then a bit disappointing in some respects, but also expected in a lot of other ways. 
Uh, I was checking the seven plus to see when Ash Barty and Johnny Pierce were going to be playing their bronze medal match tonight against Djokovic and Stojanovic. Um, but Djokovic, uh, being an absolute coward that he is, uh, it's uh, enough for him to to waltz through some Grand Slams without having to play Federer and Nadal at their peak. But after getting bombed out by Zverev, he he called it quits after losing in the men's bronze medal match today. So he um, he decided that the losing one bronze medal match. Uh, was all right, but he couldn't couldn't bear to lose too. So he pulled the pin on that one, and it meant that uh, Barty and Pierce added an added, no, added another medal to our tally. So it's great to see that Ash Barty's insatiable appetite for Olympic medal has been uh, fulfilled. And uh, big credit to her; she had she put in a massive shift winning Wimbledon, and then backed it up by playing the the women's singles, the women's doubles, and the mixed doubles here at Tokyo. And uh, she's been duly rewarded with a, with a medal. And unfortunately, it's not gold, but uh, she's still only young and Paris is beckoning for Ash, I think. Yeah, great stuff there. I, I saw them interviewed after the fact and obviously it was a um, little bit mixed emotions. Um, but I think a, a fair bit of relief, particularly for Ash, um, because, you know, She's obviously been away for a long, from home for a long time, made plenty of sacrifices as have a lot of the athletes. Uh, and for her to get that reward, is just great to see. Um, to also tonight, we had the boxing. Uh, now our favorite boxer, uh, the show's favorite boxer, Harry Garside, the SA from Melbourne. He managed to staunch his way through the fight with a five nil victory over Jonas Jonas of Namibia. Uh, now he's up against the Kazakh Zakir Safayulinen in the quarters. Um, you know, the Kazakhs actually are quite decent uh, amateur boxers. So that'll be a tough one. Uh, let's hope the bureaucracy of boxing doesn't ruin it uh, and the dodgy judges win, uh, award the Kazakh the fight. But I'm, I'm all behind uh, Harry, the Eshe, as are you boys. I think, Al, you've added to your wardrobe this week um, to get behind Harry. Yeah, Harry was awesome tonight. He's... Uh... Didn't really have his hands up. He was just dancing around the uh, the ring like an absolute champion. Uh, Broad Jonas Jonas has got two names, but he's also got two left hands. He couldn't couldn't land one on our, our man Harry um, if his life depended on it. So, in celebration of Harry winning uh, tonight, I've actually went the early crow on that one. Yesterday, I bought a pair of Air Maxes, uh, so I'm ready to celebrate him winning gold uh, by pretending that I'm an SA's and rocking the Air Maxes for the next few weeks and probably the next few months. Because uh, Harry Garside, watch out, Tim Zoo. We've got a new boxing star in Australia. Uh, so very keen to see how he progresses through the Olympics. And then what's next for him as he pursues a professional career, I hope. Well, obviously, we'll keep you guys posted as to when uh, his next bout will be. Uh, I think that's still to be decided. Uh, and also tonight we had the athletics and night session. So we had a few representatives there in the men's long jump. Uh, we had Henry Frayne. Unfortunately, he finished 14th uh, with seven meters, 93's best jump. And he won't be advancing as it's the top 12 that go through there. Uh, then we had the discus final. Now, Matt Denny finished fourth, missing bronze by a mere five centimeters with a 67.02 personal best. Uh, two Swedes taking out the event and an Austrian in third. So very much Europe dominated. 
but it was a good final and a great performance from Matt Denny. I think it's the best performance of any Aussie, a male discus thrower ever at an Olympics. Uh, then we also had uh, the men's 100 metre heats where we had Rowan Browning uh, running. He was in heat seven of seven, ran a 10.01 to win his heat against Jamaican uh, Johan Blake and the Brit CJ Ewa, I think, Ewa. Um, so that was an outstanding performance. Uh, Rowan running the fastest time ever by an Aussie at an Olympics. Uh, he's very close to breaking, legitimately breaking that 10 second barrier, uh, which he flirted with for the last year or so. Uh, but I think he's definitely captured the hearts and minds of plenty of Aussies tonight and it'll be very exciting to watch him run tomorrow in the semis and hopefully a final because he has qualified sixth I think uh sixth fastest going into the semis uh so if he can continue that form and I think you know improve just slightly he might be looking at a final berth which you know given the competitiveness of um sprinting uh, across the globe that is no mean feat regardless of what happens in the final did you boys get to get to see that I did, mate, and he looked unbelievable. He was quick. Uh, whoever said white men can't run, they've been proven wrong tonight, I believe. Al, your thoughts? Yeah, outstanding. Obviously, um, getting one over the Jamaicans and Yoan Blake in particular. He, I think he won a silver medal behind uh, the great Usain Bolt, his teammate in London. So, um, yeah. terrific effort. And typically, the heats. Is, is only a warm up for the, for our, for the gun sprinters, so wouldn't it be great to see the big uh, the big brown man, Rowan Browning, uh, get through to the finals and uh, continue his uh, outstanding form? I'd love to see him get below the ten second mark as well, and who knows um, what's happening in there? Because we obviously saw the favourite Trayvon Bramell um, struggle through his heat, and he only qualified as the fastest qualifier. Um, outside of his heat, so who knows what's happening there in, in what is now a Usain Boltless 100 metres. Yeah, I think it's very even. Um, some of the more hotly fancied uh, runners definitely didn't put in their best performance tonight, but you know it is only the heats. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the boys unload tomorrow night in the semis in the final. Uh, and the final event that we'll cover in today's program was the 100-metre women's final. Now, Elaine Thompson-Hera uh, of Jamaica won gold over her fellow countrywomen, Shelly-Ann Fraser-Price and Sharika Jackson, uh, completing the Jamaican trifecta. Um, that was one of, I think you'll find, the, the best women's finals in a long time in terms of the depth of talent there uh, and the speed at which it was run. Um, I think that was a 10.6 Elaine ran tonight, which is which is a crazy time. Um, the world record is 10.49, but not many women have run uh, a 10 point, a sub 10.6 uh, in a long time. So, you know, that was great viewing in what is the considered the premier event uh, of the women's program. Now on to the preview of tomorrow. It's not particularly dense in terms of Aussie representation. So we'll just go through it fairly quickly, but plenty of medals on offer nonetheless. At 8.30, we've got the final round of the golf with Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. As we said before, Cam Smith uh, is in a decent position. He'll have to have a good round tomorrow, but 
it seems as though it's a course that has been fairly forgiving and, and, and there's been some low scores. So, you know, if he, if he managed to get one of them and, and a couple of uh, other competitors at the top of the leaderboard falter, he might just be in with a shot in the medals. Uh, then we've got another day of the equestrian eventing with Andrew Hoy, Shane Rose and Kevin McNabb. At 9.30, we've got the shooting uh, with the men's 25-metre rapid-fire rapid pistol with Sergei Evglevsky. Uh, he's 23-year-old from the Yarra Pistol Club in Melbourne and will be competing in his first Olympic Games. He was actually born in Minsk in Belarus um, and his mother actually won a bronze medal in the same event competing for Belarus in 2000. Uh, and then she represented Australia in 2004, 8 and 12 at the Olympics. Uh, he cites Muhammad Ali, his mother and Rock the Rock uh, as his biggest inspiration. So we'll be behind you, Sergey, in, uh, in your quest for Olympic glory. Uh, then we've got the uh, Kookaburras up against the Netherlands, Al. Um, you might be a little bit torn in that one. How do you see it going down? I'll, I'll be torn until the Kookaburras uh, get the win over the, the, the Dutchies in the quarters tomorrow. The Dutch have been a bit disappointing so far in the hockey at uh, this tournament. So in, it's a bit of a grudge match, though. Both teams have uh, been typically powerhouses in the last few years. Um, but Olympic gold is yet to uh, yet to see them in the 21st century. But the the boys, I think it was the Aussie boys. It was good to see them um, go through the early parts of the group stage in great form, and they probably got the wake up call they needed against the Spanish. So um, I'd be expecting another big win there from them to see them into the semi-finals. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's the case. Then we go down to the skate park um, for the women's BMX final. As we said, Natalia Dean's representing us there, qualifying fifth. Um, you know, so she's in with a great shout. It's one of those events where anything can kind of happen. Um, I think you might get two or three runs. So you never know. If you put in your, the performance of your life, you could end up anywhere. Uh, and then at 20 past 12, we've got the men's BMX final with Logan Martin, who is the red hot favorite to take it out. Um, Seems like a lovely bloke, old Logue. He's got the uh, the double sleeve tats, which we've mentioned on this show, seems to be some kind of recipes for success. Uh, and yeah, he he looked f- sort of flawless today. And and I read something saying that he, you know he reckons he's got a few more tricks up his sleeve that he can whip out of the bag if need be. So I'm very much exciting. Uh, excited to to see what he can do. And I think you just got a, on that one, Tommy. Yeah. Um, I found the most interesting thing about Logan Martin is the fact that he's actually from Logan in Queensland. Yeah. Believe it or not, you cannot make that shit up. He's a BMX rider called Logan from Logan. You heard it here first. Yeah. And uh, being a BMX rider from Logan called Logan, I think there's another word that rhymes with Logan, which might uh, describe him, but we're, we're not going to go there. And, it's, and I'll put it this way. Put it, it's not Joe Rogan. Well, yeah, look, we don't want any big defamation claims against us, boys. I don't know how your liquidity is, but as a full-time uni student, I certainly don't have the funds to to fund a defence case against Logan. Yeah, um, absolutely right, Tom. And I'm actually in the process of uh, buying a share in a harness racing horse. So uh, the last thing I need at the moment is uh, to have my uh, very limited cash reserves um, plummeted by a... a uh, a defamation claim from the great man Logan from Logan, who's about to 
win Olympic gold for Australia and secure a massive sponsorship from Monster Energy. <laughs> With all due respect, mate, the amount of comments you've aimed at the, our friends to the north this week, it's a miracle that you're still here. I think the least of your worries is Logan from Logan. I think the um, <laughs> the Japanese officials could be knocking on your door in Tamworth very soon. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've had a few uh, warnings from my... Um, my landlords where I'm living at the moment saying that uh, if the if the Chinese equivalent of the FBI or the Secret Service comes knocking, then they're going to give me up pretty quickly. So uh, that's why I've um, turned my attention from our friends to the north and, and their uh, superstar swimmers, Wei Do Ping, um, to, <laughs> to, our, to our own heroes um, who we're, we, we all get behind and we can have a bit of fun with them. <laughs> Um, and after the boys and girls in the BMX, we've got the athletics. Um, so we've got the women's 3000 meter steeplechase with Georgie Wincup, Genevieve Gregson and Amy Cashin. Um, we've also got the women's log jump, long jump. Uh, so that'll be a qualification round, I believe with Brooke Stratton and then the heat to the men's 400 with Alex Beck and Steve Solomon. Uh, the 400 will be an interesting one. Um, you know, I don't expect our Aussie boys to be uh, competing for the medals, but in terms of who wins that gold, um, is it Wayne, Wayne Van Niekirk, the uh, reigning Olympic champion? He's a little bit out of form. I think there's an American bloke, name escapes me. He's the favourite. Um, so it's going to be very exciting to see the makeup of that final. Um, then we're in the pool for the last time with the finals. Uh, Lemo, how do you want to round up the, uh, the preview of the pool, our last preview of the pool? Yeah, so it's it, our last preview of the pool. Uh, it's a fantastic day again for the Aussies. There's three medals on offer. Uh, we're in all three races. Um, so, no, it'll, it'll be outstanding. Emma McEwen and Kate Campbell get us underway at 11.37 in the women's 50 meter three, otherwise known as a splash and dash. Um, Emma McKeon's the fastest qualifier. And as we mentioned, Kate Campbell's third fastest. So they'll, they both big chances of going one and two there. So well worth a watch. Uh, women's four by 100 medley relay. Um, Aussies in lane three. Uh, that team we suspect will be made up of uh, three champions in um, Kaylee McEwen, Emma McKeon, and Kate Campbell, yet to determine the breaststroke swimmer. Al, you might have a bit more information on that one. Yeah, I'd suspect I'd suspect it to be Chelsea Hodges. She mm-hmm. just missed the final in the hundred breaststrokes, and she qualified ninth. Uh, well, she went through ninth in the semi-finals, so she'll probably be our breaststroker there. Um, but with with those girls uh, in the pool, and um, the obvious lift you get when it, when you're swinging a relay from Chelsea, I think that uh, we're a massive chance there to, to pull off a goal, which probably not many people expect us to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So that's at 12.15. Um, 12.36, we've got the men's 4x100 medley relay. Aussie's the sixth fastest qualifier here. Um, so in with the chance of the podium, but um, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Um, so that, that'll wrap us up for the pool, which would, what has been an outstanding week. We need one more gold to uh, draw level with our most successful Olympics ever in the pool, which was 1956 in Melbourne. Um, and we're a chance at 
two, maybe three, probably two. Um, so we'll, it'll, be, it'll be good to watch. It'll be outstanding to watch. Um, then we're back to the table tennis, Tommy. Yeah, we've got the teams quarterfinals. Uh, we've got, we're up against Germany in the men's and the girls are up against Japan, um, which will be, yeah, that, that'll be one to watch. I haven't actually watched much uh, doubles. I imagine it's doubles, is it, Al? Is that how it works? Yeah, I believe so. That's, that's the doubles tournament there. Um, obviously, we had the great Lee Jang Jan in the, uh, the women's singles give it a good crack. So it'd be interesting to see if they roll her out in the doubles as well. But um, doubles table tennis is always a pretty interesting watch um, just because yeah. you've got, you've got a whole lot more coverage of the table and it's uh, the high, the high pace stuff just sort of gets more exciting because the, the bigger the shots, um, the more likely the other team are to get it back in the doubles. So. Yeah. You might you might have a crack at that in uh, in Brisbane, Real. Yeah, well, if if my uh, plan to be the Brisbane twenty thirty two handball goalkeeper uh, and captain, the coach um, goes astray, then um, if you if you're a handy male te- uh, table tennis player and you're looking for a partner, reach uh, out. Yeah, reach out, and we'll um, of course we we'll let you know our socials and our email address where we love to have questions. So if you want to get me in for a bit of coaching or if you want to get me in for me to coach you as to how I I'm so uh, good in the table tennis table, then then let us know because my serve is absolute killer and uh, my backhand slice is uh, even better. I'm sure we'll get plenty, plenty of hits on that. Now I think our, our inbox is going to be overwhelmed. Uh, tomorrow afternoon uh we've got the diving tomorrow as well esther kin uh she qualified sixth in the women's three meter springboard so uh that's going to be great for her i did manage to catch a little bit of it and the chinese both the two the two chinese divers look very very strong in that uh they ranked one and two so it's going to be tough to usurp them but hopefully esther uh can keep pushing up the leaderboard then we've got the athletics tomorrow night. Uh, we've got Brandon Stark in the men's high jump final. Um, he's about fourth or fifth favourite, I think. Um, and, you know, it's in athletics, I guess anything's possible. Um, so it, let's hope Brandon can push his way into the podium there. Uh, we've also got the men's 100, met, the 100 semis and finals. So, our boy Rowan will be featuring in the semis and hopefully the final. Um, that's going to be explosive viewing regardless of uh, whether we have an Aussie in it or not. So make sure you're sitting down in front of the telly tomorrow night to watch the boys go at it. Uh, we've also got the um, the women's 100-metre hurdles with Liz Clay involved. And as I said, our uh, expert hurdles analyst uh who I think he, he might have trialed with the Peruvian national team. Don't quote me on that. He, you know, he's fancying Liz Clay uh, to progress through to the final. So let's get behind Liz. Um, and then we've got the men's 800 semi. We've got Charlie Hunter, Peter Boll and Jeffrey Grizzly. Uh, and as we said before, Peter breaking the Australian record, he's in with a good chance of pushing for that final, which would be an, a really, really good achievement. I don't know when the last time an Aussie made an 800 final at the Olympics was, but I'd say it's been a while. Uh, then we're back to the pool for the women's water polo. 
uh, Australia versus South Africa. Um, so they've already qualified for the knockout stage, which is great. Um, and they'll be looking to knock off the last place South African team um, to head into those quarters with a bit of confidence. Um, and then at 10 o'clock tonight, if, uh, tomorrow night, if, if you're still up um, and you're not too worried about your Monday morning preparation, um, we've got the beach volleyball with Mariafa, Artacho, Del Sola and Taliqua Clancy up against the Chinese team. Uh, the girls are in very good form, so they'll be looking to continue that and push on through to the semis, I think. Yeah, and I, that is a good question. I didn't think China had many beaches, uh, so it'd be interesting to see how this Chinese uh, team shape up. Now, that draws to the conclusion our uh, analysis of Sunday's events. Um, well, I wouldn't say it was much of an analysis, more than just us talking shit, but... Uh, to finish off the night, as we normally do, we will be each giving a, a leg of a multi, uh, which with the aim of making our, our listeners wealthier. Unfortunately, our multi from the last episode did not do that. Uh, so Ollie's leg, Kaylee McEwen in the 200 metre backstroke obviously came through. Likewise, Al's leg with Jock Landau over 11 and a half points. Now I was on Shelly Ann Fraser Price to win the 100 metres which she ran second. Um, she looked very good in the semis. I thought I was on for all money. I'm not going to apologise. Uh, I thought it was good value. I thought she was going to win. Uh, so I have, I don't really care if you lost your money. Uh, stick with us. So tonight's multi, what have you gone on? Mate, I've locked in the women's 4 by 100 metre medley relay. So um, they're paying $2.80. The Yanks are the favourite. And I've got a really good feeling about this one. Um, Al, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, first of all, let's just get back to last night's uh, multi, and uh, there's there's no harm done there, Tommy. It's um, we're putting our we're putting our uh, reputations at stake here. And as a great man, Meatloaf of AFL fame once said, two out of three ain't bad." Um, but tomorrow I've gone with uh, Alexander Zverev, the the German tennis player, to beat the Russian Karen Kachanov. Uh, in the final, men's singles final, two sets to love. So for him to win in straight sets at the dollar ninety-five, I think he's a far superior player, and uh, there's a bit of pride at stake there, uh, trying to legitimise the Russian Olympic campaign. So I think that's a sure thing at dollar ninety-five. How about yourself, Tommy? I've gone uh, for Mutas Essa Barshin of Qatar in the men's high jump tomorrow night at two dollars eighty-eight. Now he's actually the uh, he's the 2017 and 2019 world champion in the high jump. Uh, he's going in with very good form, uh, winning a few lead up events, um, and he looked great in qualification. I don't think he even hit the bar. Uh, so I'll be looking at him to win tomorrow night at two dollars eighty eight. Together, those odds should be fifteen dollars seventy two. So a nice little juicy multi, uh, which would be lovely to pay off. Um, all the Uber Eats debts that I imagine people are going to incur tomorrow. Actually, uh, Tom, that, just on that, I've, I've got a bit of mail coming in from uh, a listener, one who we mentioned last night, Hamish Dunbar. He's written into our Instagram page and um, he said, G'day, boys. Long time listener, first time poster. Loving the podcast. But as a fellow punter, I believe good tips make a good podcast. I fear your podcast may lose listeners if shit tips continue. In saying that, I'll quote the great Julius Weintraub. The guy who invented poker was bright, but the guy who invented the chip was a genius. 
Anyway, a bit of food for thought for you and keep up the ambitious multis because I'll be sure to continue doing my ass and lockdown one way or another. Well, thank you, Hamish, for reaching out. That was completely useless information for all of us, but we'll take it on board and I hope you get on tomorrow's multi because it's as good as a sure thing and you can make up all the money you've lost already. (laughs) Thank you, Hamish. Uh, Now, if our listeners wanted to get in contact with us through our socials, uh, could you please provide them with the uh, appropriate handles? Absolutely. So we've got our Instagram page, tokyos.2020. And then we've got our Twitter handle, tokyos2020. So that's the same as our Instagram without the dot. And then we've got our uh, email address, which we which we put together a little bit before we run uh, fully understanding of the, the copyright around the uh, Tokyo's games or the Tokyo games. I prefer to call them the Tokyo's games because that's what they're fast becoming. Um, and that email address is ozlympics at gmail.com. So that's OZ Olympics, like the IOC, like to spell it. So that's OZLYMPICS at gmail.com. No worries. Well, thank, thank you guys for another very insightful episode. Um, and I look forward to spending another big day on the couch uh, connected to you via our various group chats, uh, analyzing every single performance that goes down on the telly. Uh, Thank you, Alex. My pleasure, Tom. Uh, Looking forward to another great day and there's nothing better than uh, waking up on a Sunday and having plenty of sport to binge watch and bend it through. So uh, looking forward to another big day tomorrow. And cheers to you all. Thanks, Tommy. Very much looking forward to Day of Olympics tomorrow. And I might just let our guests know, our listeners know, that we have a very special guest joining us tomorrow night for our podcast. So stay, stay tuned. It's one you will not want to miss. Thank you, lads. And thank you, listeners. We look forward to talking to you on our next podcast tomorrow night. Thanks, all.